featuring the strongest, toughest podcast hosts in Maine, pound for pound, keeping you up to date on all the latest news in health and fitness from the OA Performance Center in Saco. This is the OA Performance Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of the OA Performance Podcast. Once again, Kevin and I are holding it down, uh, half the crew, but it's okay. We kind of like it. We can talk shop, hang out with Johnny, our man behind the scenes. Uh, big that guy. <laughs> the tech guy. The tech guy. <laughs> big week this week, uh, big day yesterday, opening day for Major League Baseball. Um, pretty sad with the Red Sox implosion there, I thought for sure. The 4 nothing lead, they could hold it down. It happened so fast. It, like, I had it up on my computer, and I went out onto the floor and went back just to check it, and six runs. Six runs, just like that. Yep, just like that. I'm going to give you some stat lines here. Yeah. Okay, you ready for this? Yep. Chris Sale's numbers for the day. Six innings pitched, one hit, three walks, nine Ks, zero runs, zero earned runs. The bullpen. I think that one hit was a single in like the third inning. Really? Yeah. Something weak? Yeah. Like a leadoff hit? Leadoff hit or single or something like that? I think like it was that. a two-out single. Yeah. Crazy. Here's your bullpen numbers. Mm, this will be good. Two innings pitched, three hits, six runs, six earned runs, four walks, one K. And six runs on three hits? Yep. That's good. Joe Kelly on the day with a 108 ERA. It's not how you want to start your season. What is up with that? Not cool. Um, but hey, the main boys represented yesterday. We got Ryan Flaherty, the new member of the Atlanta Braves, starting at third base on opening day. Went one for four. Saw the day they got the victory. Uh, forget who they were playing. Was it Philly? No. Yeah. Was it? Oh, Johnny. His old team. The Braves. That's crazy. Yeah, his old his old team. Yeah. Of, of a couple months. Of a couple yeah. months. He spent spring. the whole whole spring. Gave him all we could. Say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to sign me. I'm going to go with the Braves. And beat you. I was kind of a Braves fan as a kid. Why? Because they were know. Chipper Jones? I was going to say Chipper Jones. Well, I mean, Everybody they were, they were always on TBS. Gary Sheffield. So as a kid, Kayla, TBS. So it was like, no, it was like uh, Terry Pendleton at third base. It was Glavin, Maddox, John Smoltz. Well, they had the nastiest one, two, three yeah. pitching um, staff. The years they kept on making it to like the World Series, but just not quite getting there. You know, I mean, like the year like they lost to uh, the Blue Jays, Joe Carter's walk off home oh, run. Oh yeah, remember that? Yep. I remember watching that game live. Don't do the math on the year. How many years ago that was, kids? So on the day, Sale Sale wasn't as sharp. You know, he's three walks. That's unrealistic for him. But the bullpen gave him four walks, so that's seven walks for the Red Sox pitching staff. I just I'm pulling up a. Uh, a post that Adam put out on his uh, on his pitching Instagram page at at pitching little plug little plug um, check out the new logo listen to this if you haven't seen it so Greg Maddox faced twenty thousand four hundred and twenty one batters during his career only three hundred and ten went to a three zero count one hundred seventy seven of those were intentional walks. That's like video game numbers. Walks kill you. As walks a kill. You know, if you're giving up seven walks in the course of a nine inning game, don't it? Your chances of winning are pretty slim. Yes. I don't care who you are pitching, Chris Sale, especially four walks in Corey Kluber. two innings. Yeah. So, 
Um, hopefully the Red Sox bullpen can get their act together the rest of the season. I mean, it's just one game. Yeah, over um, overreactions. Yeah, They're that's why you, that's why you avoid the fire the manager sports talk radio right? for about a week yeah. or two, um, just like I did after the Super Bowl. Yeah, JD Martinez, bad pickup. Yeah, terrible signing. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the bullpen for the Giants uh, again checking in with the other main boy. Remember Josh Osich we had on on the show a little while ago. Um, five. Yeah, he got a hold yesterday. Pitched an inning against the Dodgers. Had a one walk and two Ks. Solid, solid inning right there. Mm-hmm. The Giants without Madison Bumgarner um, and someone else there was out on the DL. I forget. They pulled out a solid victory against Kershaw and the Dodgers last night, one to nothing. That's big. That's a big win. I think with Josh on that team, you know, obviously as he trains here, I'm probably going to watch a lot of National League games this year, which I've never done. Going to be a lot of late nights ahead of me. Yeah, you'll, you'll love when they're on the when they're on the East Coast. Yeah. Or like games like last night, it started at 7. I thought it started at 10. No, it was on at 7 last night. Oh. Yeah. So I was able to go to bed early. Nice. It's a good deal. So um, what do you got on the docket for us today, Kev? Well, in honor of opening day, and since Adam and I are, are uh, pretty surrounded by baseball, presently and in our past, um, I wanted to pose this this theoretical situation that discusses baseball tryouts and um, maybe we can talk about things that we've seen in baseball tryouts Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to talk theoretically at a high school level in Maine which means that we're going to be indoors in a gym probably and I just wanted to discuss how you might construct a tryout in order to uh, effectively evaluate talent and, and what you're looking for and how much stock you place on raw athleticism and and just what your evaluation process would be. Because I think baseball, more than any other sport, like put yourself in the shoes of a high school baseball coach right now. They're sitting, they just finished up their first full week of tryouts or practice depending on how you structure it so pitchers and catchers started last week so they're two weeks down nobody's outside right now there's still snow on the ground um maybe some schools have a batting cage um most do most do yeah Um, some sort of batting cage or something but they're 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 all in a basketball gym Mm. so how do you evaluate talent with those with those constraints you know like I remember pitchers and catchers week for me when I played high school baseball was um, pitchers would throw off a mound twice in the five day period mm-hmm. either went Monday Thursday or Tuesday Friday <coughs> or something like that and catchers would get individual work and when I say individual work I mean we were told to go in a corner and, and work on catching stuff by yourself or yeah yeah because there's only one coach yeah there um so that wasn't really effective I didn't learn a whole lot nor did I get any better and then we finished every practice that first week with a three mile run oh yeah yeah so there's just a round gym just doing no we went outside we went outside yeah we went outside so some days could have been cold yeah I never remember it being that brutal you know, we, 
even if it's 40 degrees, it's not that bad when you're running. Yeah. But that's what I did, and I <laughs> looking back, I'm like, that's that like the best way to evaluate talent? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you how would you organize it? You have you have three days, right? You have three days of tryouts, assuming you've got probably 50, 60 kids trying out in your program. Jeez, that's a lot of kids. Hour and forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. I think. I think the first thing I would address or look at would be what time are these kids showing up? Right? Yeah. So let's say the tryout or practice starts at 3. What time are these kids getting there? Are there kids rolling in at 2.55, 2.58, starting to get ready yeah. by 3 o'clock? Yeah. Or are there kids there at 2.30 going through like some stretches or getting their stuff together? If a kid's doing if a kid's doing that on his own without being instructed, mm-hmm. you could quickly wean out the kids that are really serious about it. And I understand like there's kids out there that are really not into baseball a lot, but they play a spring sport like baseball. You know, you have some schools like the private schools like um, like Chevers that they require you to have three sports, right? Yeah. So there may be some kids that just be playing baseball just um, to fill a requirement. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And maybe their second favorite sport. You know, you have a basketball player that says, hey, I'm playing baseball because it's my second favorite sport and I enjoy playing it, but it's not really what I'm about. Yeah. Which I understand. If you're that kind of kid, I get it. Or if you're the other kid who, like you and I, who just eat, sleep, breathe, love baseball, like 24-7, no matter if it's July 5th or December 5th. Right. You know what I mean? Um, So I look at that. Yeah, that's, that's important. What time you show up. Um, and I, I guess on the same lines of that, how the kid carries himself. You know, how are you carrying yourself? Are you kind of? Is it fair to is it fair to assess how they show up, like what they're wearing? I don't think so. Because <laughs> <laughs> you look at some of these kids, you know, like these kids like wearing slippers. You see them coming in here. There'll be a snow day outside, and kids are wearing their slippers in here. You know? Did you do that in school, Johnny? Did you wear? Slippers to school? Slippers? I think I wore some LLB moccasins once. Yeah. And my feet hurt so bad because not much cushion. Yeah, there's no arch support in it. And you walk through the halls all day long. Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, if the kid's wearing like jeans to try out. Well, that's maybe, <laughs> if that's what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They were, I could think back in Little League. I'm going on a tangent here. I apologize. But I mean, we didn't have full uniforms in my town. It was you're giving a shirt, yeah. a mesh mesh shirt and a hat that's it and I was in the Met so and for some reason our shirts were yellow and our hats were yellow nice pretty good retro unis so but you weren't given like a uniform it was just a shirt and a hat must have been your alternates yeah Yeah. (laughs) so kids would wear jeans some kids would wear shorts some kids wore jean shorts ooh I'm talking. This is George. This is this is uh, Gray New Gloucester in the 1980s. Oh, this is so. just New Gloucester. I was called uh, New, New Gloucester. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't merge until I was in fifth grade, so you can't really judge. There's some solid players that wore jeans. You know, it's <laughs> believe it or not. Well, look at the Sandlot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Those kids were all ballers. Yeah. Most. They're wearing jeans. And they're wearing jeans and sneakers. They weren't wearing cleats, right? I don't think. <laughs> anyway. So, I look at how the kid carries himself, their attitude, their demeanor. Are they coming across as kind of cocky, like, I need to go through trials. I'm, I'm too good for this. Yeah. 
well, the opposite end, the kid that lacks the confidence, you can pick up on that pretty quick. Mm-hmm. What about you with that? Where are you at with that? The confidence piece? Yeah, or like just how the kid carries himself. Do you agree with that? Is that the oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you, you can see that immediately. Um, and don't don't mistake confidence for cockiness. They're very different. It is a fine line. Yeah, and I feel like I can, you know, you can pick that out. You can see that because confidence is, you know, you're not you're not half-assing anything. You know, you're still you're still giving it 100. percent Right. Cockiness turns into kind of doing things at 75 percent just because eh, I don't need to do it. It's going through the motions. Yeah. Right. So you get to the warm up, right? We're we're in a we're in a field where we're leading warm ups all the time. So I mean, what kind of stuff do you put in the warm up? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Um, it's a way to see if the team works together, does it together. Um, you know, I helped out a team, a class uh, C school, Sacapee Valley. Yeah who made it to States the first year, um, I helped him out, and the coaches wanted a structured warm-up. So here I am sitting at, I was at St. Joe's that year, um, watching the pregame warm-ups, and I see my squad out in left field all lined up on the left field line, going through their dynamic warm-up together as a squad, looking pretty sharp, looking mm-hmm. pro, pro team. And I look to the right, the team they're facing, and they're all just in a circle, doing their own thing. Some are, some are actually just throwing a baseball around, some are warming up. Some are just kind of sitting, chatting, doing dry swings. Yeah. So if I'm a onlooker looking at the field, I'm seeing, okay, I see a team that's got their act together, and I see a team that's just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. You know, my my money's on that team. That's so taking the warm up seriously. But also getting back exactly, you're seeing during the tryout part, like the kids, if they're taking it serious, or again, are they just going through the motions because they're forced to? Right. You know, or are they wearing jeans that are too tight and they can't do a world's greatest stretch? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Deep squat, <laughs> right? Levi's are tearing. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So, then what? There's got to be some like athletic evaluation, right? Yeah. So I think in that in that warm up, you start throwing in. Okay, let's do some movements. Let's see yeah. the kids skip. Let's mm-hmm. see them side shuffle. Let's you've, you've heard our uh, our thoughts on skipping in previous podcasts if you've listened. I could just do a tryout that takes about 10 minutes and just yeah. do skipping from one line to the other a few times and make my team... Although in a baseball setting, I think I would pick my team not based on skipping, but I would have them throw. They each get one throw. Really? Yeah, one throw. That's tough. That's tough because, like, getting back to watching pro last night, you ever see Hunter Pence throw? Yeah. It's pretty bad. I feel like he's an outlier. It's pretty bad. Johnny Damon. Uh, Remember John, yes. John, the way Johnny Damon threw? Yes. Like he was throwing with his offhand? Yeah. Or, um, oh, who's that? Johnny, I might have to have you look this up. The starting right fielder last night for the Indians. He, I don't know. I forget his name. But took a hop off the wall he had one foot in the warning track and threw a laser beam into second base mm-hmm. so you get different arms but I agree with that you can you can make some some picks that way yeah um I guess if you after you do that maybe some defense defensive work like let's see how this kid fields a grounder mm-hmm. 
his approach. I mean, you're in a gym, so you can't get like a true reading. No. But you can you can see how they approach and right. what their footwork looks like. Right. And, yeah. Are they flat footed? So would you do? Would you do any like non baseball athletic evaluations like? Gathering data, like what we do in here with our evaluation. Right. Would you do any of that? If I had time, it's tough because you're, you know, like you said in your high school years, you're by yourself. Right. Right. Um, I would do a broad jump. Mm-hmm. Definitely. See what kind in of path. So in an ideal world. Right. In an ideal time. world. If I had resources, yeah. if I had a couple of assistant coaches yeah. or maybe some student athletes that weren't playing baseball that want to help out. Yeah. I would do uh, a broad jump. I would do a five ten five agility, for sure. Yeah, um, and maybe either if there's space, a ten or twenty yard sprint. Yeah, I don't I, care about forties. I don't care about forty. I don't care about sixty. Well, no one should care about. That's 60. a whole other topic in yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, like that. That right there, I could care less about. I want to see how well that kid accelerates because literally, like as you know, it a like a, a grounder to the left side. Let's say you're a righty, you ground to the left side. Yeah. Whether you make it to first, your first three or four or five steps out of the blocks can make or break how close that play at the bag is going to be. Right. Given at, the play is clean and the guy doesn't give you know a bobble or anything like that. At or, the very max, give me a thirty yard number because that's ninety feet. Yeah, if there's space. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely bust that out. Um, so you're looking for speed. You're looking for change of direction mechanics, and you're looking for power. Linear power. Yeah. yeah. Linear power. Um, vertical. Yeah. Yeah. But more of a linear power base. Would you do the same? Yeah, I think I'd agree. Um, I remember when I was um, coaching at Brunswick, we did um, we tested forties. We tested uh, we did the uh, the T drill, the T cone drill, the sprint shuffle back pedal. Yep. Um, not looking for like numbers specifically, but looking for just like how they moved. Mm-hmm. I give them a grade. Yep. Um, and we did like a shuttle drill, so more or less measuring the same thing. Yeah, that's funny. When I was in high school, none of that. Yeah, none of that. We. I mean, that was all. That was all driven by myself. Yeah, so that's cool. Like. And that's what kills me sometimes. I I gotta feel like going tangents a little bit with this. That's fine. Um, like if you're if if you're a high school coach, right, and you're pretty knowledgeable about baseball, yeah, but you're not necessarily confident or knowledgeable in the in the in the physical realm of things like right. preparation, like movement, assessing movement, yeah, and you have an opportunity to bring in a strength coach or some sort of trainer or somebody of that sort. It doesn't have to yeah. be. You know, there's someone that knows basic knowledge about that stuff. Why would I would you be not? all over that. Yeah. I said, this guy or gal is going to make my team better. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, helping me figure out a good exercise regimen for these guys to do in between starts or stretches they can do before and after practice or like we're talking about right now, tryouts, like great ways to assess kids. Yeah. Because you may have you may have kids that may not do that well on the test, the testing part, but are pretty solid baseball players are going to make the team. Mm-hmm. But then you can start okay, let's start working on these movements during practices or as warm ups. Like I can start giving you these things to do as part of your warm up to make yourself better throughout the season. 
creating a bigger foundation. Exactly. And if you're a solid baseball team that has a pretty good chance of making playoffs, you're just improving your guys throughout the year. So playoff time, you guys are peaking. Right. Why wouldn't you jump all over that? Yeah, it's always confusing to me. And it's becoming more and more popular. Like like you said, when you were in high school, none of that was none of, that. None of it was a thing. You nope. know, and when I was in high school, I was doing three mile runs. How is that applicable to at <laughs> all to a baseball <coughs> situation? But it's slowly catching on, and it's slowly becoming more mainstream to to get strength and conditioning coaches involved in, in sports, which is nice. It's not where ideally we want it to be. You know, it's not accepted by everybody. No, which I just don't understand. Especially baseball. I yeah, feel like, I feel like baseball, baseball is such an old sport. Yeah. It's a good it's a good boy sport, good buddy sport. Where like, like we always talk about, you know, in the office or whatever. It's like you're gonna get so and so who may be a coach or an instructor that hey, I'm gonna do what worked for me back in 1992. Right. Um, that former former baseball right. player. And nothing against those guys. I mean, they all have the right intentions, but the best players or former players don't always make the best coaches. Right. Which is difficult sometimes because, like me, for example, I never played baseball higher than high school level. So when I go coach guys or when I first started working at St. Joe's, guys like, hey, where did you play college ball? Didn't. I didn't play. Oh, so how do you, how do you know what you're doing? Like what, how are you able to coach me? I'm playing at a higher level than you did. So, but anyway... Um, that's yeah. how I feel when I when I tell people where I played college baseball. <laughs> I played at Ursinus. I never heard of it. Must not be good. Right. Oh, is it D one? <laughs> no. No. Oh, okay. Oh. I don't know. They have I didn't know they had baseball. Yeah. Um so yeah. That would be you know, that'd be if I was a coach, I'd have a guy or a gal come in that knew something about strength and conditioning to help out. For yeah. Sure. For sure. Okay, so so now moving on from from like athletic evaluations, you're in a gym, right? How do you evaluate hitting, throwing, fielding? So, like I said earlier, we probably would do some sort of grounders, yeah, or even just um, everybody, no matter your position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's got to feel the grounder. Yeah, um, I would have. Even maybe that square drill. Just set up a square drill. See how kids receive and throw to the next guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go through Make some of that. Hand-eye coordination, relays. Mm-hmm. Um, get some grounders in there. Um, like you said earlier, the gym floor can be unforgiving. Mm-hmm. Balls tend to pick up speed or spin on the on the floor as they hit. But, you know, like you can see if a kid can move his feet around a little bit. Is or if, if, he's, if he's willing to wear one if off, he's, the, off exactly, the ribs. Exactly. If he's flat-footed or on the balls of his feet, if he's attacking the ball, mm-hmm. um, if he's getting his body in good position, you know, you could probably give some space or or create some space where you can hit some grounders to the left side of the gym and guys are making strong throws to the other side. See how they field and throw. Yeah. Um, depending on the height of the ceiling, you could probably do some more yeah. easy fly balls. Yeah. I mean, that's it's hard. It's hard. I've done that in a gym before. It's, it's very tough. hard to evaluate with that. the lighting. Yeah. And, um, and stuff like that. So, fly balls are kind of something that yeah. uh, starts getting practice once you move outside. I remember we used to do it in the parking lot. Ooh, you do it. Yeah, you do what you got to do. What you got to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
offensively? What are you doing? If they have cages, yeah, maybe some soft toss flips, flips, yeah. Um, nothing's more frustrating than watching high school players take batting practice when another teammate is throwing their batting practice. That's something I would never, ever, ever, ever let happen. Because they're not necessarily just trying to put the ball there for them to hit. They're like, hey, watch this cutter. Hey, try to hit this curveball. Watch this. Try to hit this. Watch this knuckleball. Yeah. They get one strike out of ten. Right. And they start swinging at garbage. Right. Because it's all they're getting is garbage. Right. Um, Or those kids are always like, hey, coach, I could be a pitcher, see? That is an infamous line I get all the time. Usually it's catchers that hop on the bump. <laughs> Tell me you've never done that. Oh, I used to I used to pitch. No, but I'm saying like as a catcher, you like you say you're you're a sinus and like you're like Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Hey coach, How hard can, is that? Yeah, I can throw ninety, <laughs> throw eighty five. Um No. I knew I wasn't a pitcher. I knew I would never be a good pitcher. So I'd have kids do flips, you know, some soft toss. Yep. Just seeing their swing mechanics, seeing if they could tease. Um, Tease too. Yep, working at looking at that. Um, you could probably do some some soft toss and see if kids can take the ball the other way, or if they're just sitting there spinning on it, ripping it to the left or right side of the cage constantly. Yep. Um, kind of get a general idea of, of what their swing mechanics are. Um, you could probably throw in some situational hitting there when you get in the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Because you want smart hitters. Right. Right. So productive. Right. So, um, you want a PPA guy, we call it PPA guy, productive plate appearance, right? So, hey, you got runner on, first base, there's one out, what are you doing right here? Where do you think about taking this ball? What are you looking for? Yeah. So, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That might be a little bit higher level baseball IQ for a lot of kids at the high school level. Right, can you imagine throwing that at a freshman? Yeah. Right, throwing it at a 14-year-old? Yeah. I mean, maybe. You'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I mean, if these... All these kids that are playing travel ball, AU ball, they should be learning this stuff. Right? And if you're a freshman and know how to hit situationally, and you know how to let the ball travel, let it get deep, take it the other way, you're you're ahead of the game. Because I feel like as a freshman, you're some schools are different. Like you look at the Scarboroughs out there, or like the Chevrolet schools, or um, not you know, Chevrolet, but more the public schools, like. You get incoming freshmen, a lot of times those coaches know that kid from watching them previously yeah. playing. So I feel like a lot of these kids put a lot of pressure on themselves. And they also only think one-dimensionally. They think like, okay, I have to be able to throw field and hit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what, if you're kind of weak on those areas, but you have a solid baseball IQ, like you know, you know situations, you know what needs to happen, I'll take you. I'll take you on my team. Right? Yeah. For sure. And we can work on the skill work. That's what practices are for. You know? Develop those things. So here's the hardest one, right? We've got we've got how they prepare, right? Are they on time? Are they ready to go? You're measuring that. Right. You're measuring their athleticism and their warm up and you may have specific drills to measure their athleticism. Mm-hmm. You measure their defensive their defensive abilities, the ability to feel the ground ball, the ability to the ability to catch, and the ability to throw. Mm-hmm. You evaluate them offensively. How do you evaluate their character? Because mm-hmm. nobody would argue that that's important, right? Right. That's a good question. Conditioning. Maybe. Yeah. 
why not throw like, in some condition throw, throw throw in something that just you know like m- might not be like the best if we're creating like the perfect plan like mm-hmm. that you know might suck a little bit right and and see how kids approach it right I mean I, I think throughout the afternoon while you're at tryouts you can get a lot of you can judge a kid's character based off a few things if they make an error if they feel that if they aren't able to feel the grounder if they roll a, a, a soft toss over or miss one yeah how they how they respond to that are they a head down guy? Are they throw a back guy? Yeah. Are they a throw a helmet guy? Or are they like, hey, all right, I'll get this next one. All right, we're good. Or even how they treat their teammates. They're in line. Let's say they're in line at third base. They have a third base set up and they're making throws to first, whatever. And a couple guys in front of them in the line making errors. You that guy like, hey, slap the glove on the butt. Give the kids say, hey, man, get it next time. Or they're yeah. like, oh, look at Johnny. He can't even feel the grounder. <laughs> hey, man, go play JV. Or you shouldn't even be here. Go yeah. play lacrosse. Is he that kind of guy? You know what? I did as a coach um, that I would have hated as a player, but now I understand. Like, intentionally do things to make them experience failure. Failure, like make a ground ball impossible to to field. Right. Like if you're doing some sort of uh, situational hitting in a cage, like flip a pitch way outside and call it a strike three. Say see you later. Like you know, create create in situations that would right. make people pissed. Because that's how are you going to react to that? Because you know, in all reality, main baseball at the high school level, you're going to get garbage yeah, calls. You're going to get that. Yeah, and that's in baseball is a game where a lot of outcomes are determined outside of you. Right. Like the guy behind the plate. Yeah. He tells a lot what's going on. You know, like the umpires out in the field. Um, players making errors mm-hmm. that are on your team or on the other team, yeah. you know? So that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. You know, it, you're right. Like, if you're hitting a ground ball to a kid, you know, like, he's not going to be able to do this. Is he still diving for it? Is right. he still making his full or is he, effort? Or yeah, is he throwing his hands up in the air? Or is he like, oh, man, coach, come on, hit one closer to me. Yeah. Okay, that's what happens in a game. Yeah. You know? Or... Like you said, you throw a, a pitch outside during the batting cage time, up. ring him up, and say, Coach, that wasn't a strike. Does that ever happen in baseball? <laughs> Quite a few times, you know? So Throw some um, failure at them. See how they respond to it. Right. But I think throughout the day, you can get a lot of judge on, on a kid's character based off how they react to those situations, how they treat their teammates, for sure. Yeah. And then throw the conditioning aspect at the end, you know? Yeah. Maybe not tell them throughout the day that that's going to be at the end. All right, guys, we got about 15 minutes left. Let's see what kind of conditioning level you guys are at. On the line. On the line. <laughs> Let's run some reminders. You know? uh, and you, we always, at, at the college level, we always had our catchers keep their gear on. You could yeah, we had to do that, on. too. That's when I was like, that is why I was never a catcher. It's not that bad. You're not yeah, expected you're, to be faster than anybody. So No, but just <laughs> carrying that stuff on But the I was, body. like, running and, like, yeah. you know... Eventually, you run enough, and your shin guards are like on the side of your leg. Ugh, like straps are rubber. Stri- yeah, it's not cool. It sucks. Not sucks. cool. All right, so we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up with with this question. So, if you're right, you're creating as as a coach, you want to create a a environment, a positive environment. Right? You want to create a winning environment. You want to have the right attitude. You want players to have the right attitude. So, like, what are your... 
what are your musts? Like, if you're the coach of a team, what are you, what are you, like, the things that you expect every player to do? You have that list in your head? I think so. Yeah. Like, your expectations. Like, if you're going to play for me, you have to do this. Full effort. Like, your best effort every single time you set foot on that field. Expectation of all-out effort. All-out effort. No matter what. No matter what the score is. If we're up by 10 to nothing or we're getting our butts kicked 10 nothing, I should look at you and not look at the scoreboard. I think you're, it's a nothing If you're a game. position guy or a pitching guy or a pitcher, let's say you just gave up a, a two-run bomb, yeah. right? And your team's down now 6 nothing because of you throwing meatballs down the middle of the plate and it's the second inning. I should look at your face and I should not be able to tell the difference if it's a 0-0 game or you're losing or winning, mm-hmm. right? Position guys, too. Um, if you're a hitter and you strike out, big deal, hustle back, right? Um, on the other side of things, like baseball IQ-wise, like know the situations. If you're... You're playing short, and there's a certain there's a guy on you know let's say there's a guy on first base or whatever, and there's one out or two outs. Know the situation. If the ball's hit to me, what do I do with it? So, uh, um, baseball knowledge, right? Um, I want a guy that's, you know, if I think sometimes in high school, kids expect to start, kids expect to play every day because they think they're the best player or one of the best players at a certain position. If I was a coach and I didn't start you that day, I still want the same attitude. I still want the same like demeanor like like you're starting that day. Yeah. I want a bench guy. I want a guy that's a role guy that that can cheer his teammates on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Team players, not me players. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Team player. I never heard that before. That's a good one. Um, and I want a guy that shows up and wants to play, whether it's a practice on a cold, rainy day or in a game that's you're playing the number one team in the state and you're not expected to win. I still want a guy that's out there giving this full effort no matter what. So, carrying themselves correctly, knowledge of the game, team players. It's like, you see that you notice the. I, didn't, I guess I didn't create a hierarchy for that, but you notice, like, I didn't say at the, the very... Best the best player. I didn't say that. I want a team guy. I want yeah. a guy with character, the guy that's like, hey, I'm here for to, to give my best to help the team win. I'm not here trying to fill, fill my stats up. Yeah. So Joe Schmo in the stands, who may be a college coach, can see how, how good I am. That's not the kind of guy I want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think most coaches would agree that they would rather have a less talented kid who's given you everything that they have mm. and is, is willing to work and, is, and wants to get better than a more talented kid with a bad attitude. Right. All day. You know, because I think back to my playing days in high school and then I look back or look now in the present of my coaching days in college there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of differences in, in the way the games are played but it still comes down to fundamental stuff like I can think back I've been at St. Joe's for six years now five or six years 
And there's been years where, like, you look at a team and, like, wow, we're loaded. We have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. And do nothing. Like, last year's team, we were knocked out of the GNAC tournament by the, probably, I think, the lowest-seeded team in the, in the tournament. And we were expected to go on to regionals, whatever. And I look at years in the past where, like, you, you start the preseason, you go down to Florida, and you start playing, you're like, ah, we're an okay team. But all every single day, that team has a lot of heart, a lot of character, and a lot of hustle. And we come, you know, end up going thirty-seven and nine on the season, or something crazy like that. So you want to, you want players to play with an edge. Yeah, for sure. And I guess that you know it doesn't always have to be just baseball too. Like no, any, any sport. Obviously, I think, it, I think it's universal. You know, like we were just talking about, right, Johnny? We're talking about LeBron. You guys see LeBron James' quote the other day about his MVP voting. Oh yeah, it's like who says that about themselves. I'd vote for me. Is he a team guy? Would you consider LeBron James a team guy? <laughs> Do they even have a coach? Or is he yeah. a coach right now? No, they don't. They will. I don't know who their coach is. Ty, like medical, medical Ty Lu right? is on a medical yeah. leave. Medical leave. Yeah. Because the team isn't doing LeBron well. told him he was sick. <laughs> LeBron said I wasn't feeling good, so I left. <laughs> but no, LeBron James is not a team guy. No. And you can carry that stuff into everyday life, too, like... Sure. What kind of classmates do you have? What kind of coworkers do you have? What kind of friends do you have? You know. Yeah, the carryover from sports to life is uh, is everywhere. We talked about that last last mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that was fun. Gets me in the, in the mood to watch some baseball. I'm excited for the springtime. Yeah. Excited for the snow to disappear. Supposed to be 60 degrees today. This is the first podcast we've taped in a while that it wasn't storming out. It wasn't, wasn't snowing. Although it was raining this morning. It so. was raining. It was raining. Well, I mean, that gets rid of the snow. We like the rain. Yeah. But. Before you know it, green grass and baseball. Oh, it'll happen so fast, too. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in once again. Send us your questions. Yeah. Wilson at orthoassociates.com. We'd love to hear from you. Love to answer qu- any questions that you guys have. Check out our Instagram pages. I got mine's AT Pitching, at AT Pitching. Mine is at Wilson Strength. Uh, just to keep up on what's going on in the Performance Center, you can also follow the Performance Center at OA Perform Center. Yeah. Um... And Kevin and I are kind of going neck and neck in followers too, so. Yeah. He's catching. He actually. What do you have? You're ca- you're catching me. Well, I, I did. A, I, I got out to an early lead. I did a shameless. <laughs> I did a shameless post last night. Like, give me a follow. Um, How many? I think I have like two thirty. They're both relatively new Instagram yeah. pages. Yeah. <laughs> are you judging right now? <laughs> no. Yeah, John, talking about Twitter followers or what? Uh, I'm, get I'm not on Twitter minutes. much anymore. Um, but all right. Until next time, guys, stay fit.